What's up, everybody? It's time for another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with the great Michael Ackerfeld of Opeth, talking all about their brand new record, Encauda Venenum. Check it out. Welcome back to another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. We're here with Michael from Opeth. How are you today, sir? Not bad. Um, I just I woke up 30 minutes ago and told you to get up in time before you before I, I'm talking to you. I'm in New York doing an address. Yes, my hometown. Welcome back. I hope the city is nice and I hope you get Thank to you. maybe see some things. There's a great exhibit at the uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art of all the guitars from classic and current rock and metal history, which is really cool. Play it loud. You should go see it if you uh, can. I would love to see that. Yep. They have amazing stuff. I would love to see that. But it, uh, it, it, the days are packed for me. I don't have very much time to do any sightseeing, uh, really. So I'm, I'm kind of just talking all day until it's time for dinner. And by that time, I'm, I'm fucked, you know. <laughs> and I'm, you know, still jet lagged from flying over from from, uh, from home, basically. And uh, yeah, I get to bed early-ish. I would love to see that. Yeah, well... It's going to be here for a little while, so hopefully either you can see it here or maybe it will come over to Europe and you can see it there. Um, and definitely, yeah, we, you know, we appreciate you talking about your art. It's difficult to sometimes talk about something you created. Uh, we're naturally talking about the brand new Opeth album, the very anticipated album. I'm going to butcher this because my Latin is, of course, terrible in Cauda Venenum. Um, and I guess yeah. that's a good place to start with. The Latin title is very ominous and interesting. So let's let's get the reasoning behind this. Yeah, well, um, in Cowdown Venom, I found it online, basically. I wanted a, a Latin title for uh, this record because, uh, as you probably know, there's two versions of it, one Swedish and one English version, but I just wanted one title. Was, you know, it's the same title for both versions, basically. And um, I don't know, I always wanted a Latin title because I don't know, it needed some type of technical damage, you know. I, mean, I always wanted it. Uh, and I wanted the same title for both versions this time. I figured, why not Latin? You know, now's the time. So I started searching around for, I mean, I tried to make out my own. Um, kind of sentence or title in Latin, but I was so insecure as to whether it was grammatically correct and I didn't have anyone to check it with, basically. I wish I could, like I did an interview later on with a, a professor of the Latin language. I should have asked him, but by that time I already had that title. So I found uh, the title online, and I said, just typed in like Latin, um, Latin sayings or something like that, you know, um, online. And I've got shitloads of two places. And this is one of them. And it's really kind of struck out because um, that basically means the poison in the tail. And um, we had, often referring to Scorpion, and we had uh, just kind of finished the artwork and in the artwork, we had a scorpion demon, like with the band, which portrayed as a scorpion with five heads. 
which I thought was peculiar, since we, you know, like, maybe it's, it was meant to be that type of work. But it also kind of fits with uh, the lyrical concept I had for some of the songs. It could rest with the artwork. It fits with my, with my um, view of how I approach a new album these days, uh, which is kind of like it might be the last album. I'm not saying it is, but I, I want to approach each new album as it could be the last keep me on my toes. I don't want to get flat when I'm writing. You know, just, just in case um, if this would happen to be the final open album, I want to make sure that my house is clean. You know, it's going to be, you know, that is keep me on my toes. That's the absolute best music I can at the time and not be lazy. So, um, yeah, that's why I ended up with that I got you. That's a it's a very deep answer and uh, pulling out all the stops. I love it. Uh, and the record definitely has that sound. Uh, there's stuff that's going to be very familiar to fans who have followed you for your whole career. And there's brand new things that I don't think I've ever heard in a Nopeth record. Uh, you know, interesting choirs and swelling string sections and samples, um, which kind of leads me to believe that it's got kind of the, to me, it kind of reminded me of the music I grew up on, which is these really great progressive rock concept records. Um, is is this record a concept record or is it just kind of this grandiose sounding thing that isn't tied to anything particularly? Well, it, I could say yes. I think and nobody would know. Like, if, if somebody told me now that Dark Side of the Moon is not a concept album, I would go, oh, okay. You know, because the, to me, concept records, I mean, the land by down Broadway. I don't understand. I don't understand that concept, but it's just a big concept record. Dark side of the moon. I don't understand that concept either, really. Other than yeah, maybe it's a story of, of life, you know. Um, the concept records to me, they have to be a bit more clear for me to be able to understand what they're about. Like the King Diamond concept records of the eighties, Abigail and them. And even those who have a clear storyline, kind of difficult. <laughs> so my answer is that this is not the concept album. It wasn't written as a concept album. But I could have said yes. It's a concept album in the day in the dark side of the moon. Because, I mean, it's a con the lyrics are much more contemporary this time around. Because I found out later that because of the fact that I wrote them in Swedish. And I'm a bit of a Anglophile. I love the English language to that extent that when I write lyrics, I usually use the date, uh, the lyrics around 50 words and just write stuff around those words. But in my own native tongue, I didn't have those 50 words. I don't find my own language particularly beautiful. I couldn't hide behind those words. And, and I just had to approach in a different way. And I just wrote lyrics like I normally do, but for some reason, they came out more modern to contemporary, which was interesting, I think. And in the end, I think the third kind of thing to tie the, the, the songs together, but it was never intended to be a concept record. But that, that, I guess, it took it. 
Very well. Now we know. Uh, I definitely, uh, you mentioned at the top, the sort of English version and the Swedish version. I don't know Swedish, but it sounds beautiful. Um, I imagine it's poetic. I do love the English lyrics. There's a lot of, uh, it seems like very personal stuff in there um, that, you know, you have touched on in the past in different, you know, songs. Some stuff's very obtuse and I don't think, I think it's meant to be very obvious. And then other times I think you're very, you know, fanciful with the words and uh, we're left to guess and imagine what it is. Um, is this a more personal record to you? Some of it seems like it might be. I mean, it's really personal. Even the one, I mean, it becomes personal when you write music. I mean, it's my choice of notes, my choice of chords. For the music itself, it's very personal. But it's what I want to show of myself musically, basically. It's, it's um, where I am right now. And that's kind of a I don't know. I'm, I'm a I'm a sensitive person, like like everybody else. And to teach you kind of uh, show yourself like that, like here's what I can do. It's, look, it's almost childish, you know. You can build a castle of sand and look, mom, what I did, you know. And this is kind of, in a way, the same with the music. And now lyrically, I don't really have felt the need to say anything important. You know, I'm not there. I'm not going to be, I'm not up on high horse thinking. I I know everything because I don't, you know. So I always approach lyrics as necessary evil because I needed words to sing. And I never saw myself as a particularly good lyric, lyricist, particularly. But with that, that I, I have written some stuff that I'm happy about and proud about. And those, obviously, are also very personal, especially these days over the last. I don't know. I say it's records. They became more and more personal. But in the past, I didn't want to stand accused for the lyrics because I didn't know if they were good. You know what I mean? I kind of wanted to distance myself. I just, you know, say, ah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. It's all a made up story anyway. It had nothing to do with me. So I wanted to be in the clear, kind of in the past. Because I was young and stupid and didn't know what to write about it. Now, I like to write about more personal aspects of my life. So there's been many kind of sad, depressing love songs in the past, and there's a couple of those on here uh, on the new album. But also some kind of me viewing you know, world life, my city, my country, the people around me, my family. Um, so I'm inspired by you know, the actual time I live in for than something fleeting like it's been in the past. Um, and again, that was uh, because of the Swedish language, and yeah, it became more personal, I guess. But I, I'm not so overly sensitive to criticism regarding my lyrics because, or my music, to be honest, because I know my lyrics, and I know that part of me is afraid of being called out as a fraud. Even if I've written a lot of music and a lot of lyrics that a lot of people love, and that I love to myself, I'm like, that, that seriously. But at the end of the day, I'm just happy that I'm, you know, got the chance to be me and me as a musician, and, and that I can write and record music that people around the world wants to hear. That's, that's fucking amazing to me. So I, I don't really 
put myself on a pedestal. But, but I'm, I, like I said, I'm also kind of aware of the fact that maybe I'm just shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand the feel. I, we all go through that, I think, right? Universally, artists, everybody else. I think we all feel like we have moments of doubt and we feel bad about ourselves. And then something uplifts us. I'm going to say that I feel overall this album is very uplifting. Um most El Pet albums are, but I feel like this record's got a lot of, at least musically, very peaceful and hopeful parts to it also that are very uplifting. Um, even if the songs weren't meant to be, I think, uh, you know, there are a lot of really uh, triumphant musical parts in uh, Charlatan and Universal Truth and Continuum that, you know, may really put a smile on your face as you're listening to them. Um there's definitely a lot of light and shade, right? Happiness and sadness in all of us. So it's a very full album. I think that's the best way I can describe it. Good. Thank you. <laughs> right. Emotionally full. Um, and then definitely, uh, you know, there's things on this record. Uh, I feel like the last few records have been, I think you feel, I'm guessing you feel very free. Um, there's things on this record that fans from any era of the band will love musically. Uh, there's some heavy riffs, man. It always comes back to great guitar stuff for me and Opeth. And uh, there's some brilliant, brilliant guitars. Uh, and I feel like the heavier stuff stands out because there's a lot, also a lot of sort of uh, quieter things too, mellow. Uh, was that sort of uh, just came out of you or is, is that one of those things that just kind of happens that way naturally as you write? Well, ultimately, I, did, I can't remember if there was any, like, I had shit lots of records back home and I spent a lot of time listening to them. In fact, usually when I am there's a couple of records I've been listening to more than, than others. And if I get the question of the inspiration, where does it come from, I usually, you know, trying to pinpoint the records that I was playing during the writing. And of course, during uh, the writing of this uh, album, I was I was mostly listening to jazz, but I didn't have me wanting to write a jazz record, even if there's a song on there. I wrote it. It just kind of, uh, you know, has a little bit of a factor vibe, I guess. But I think I store influences somewhere in the, you know, like some part of my brain and kind of bring them out. At the end of the day, product of my record collection, I think. Um, all the music I listen to mixed up in my head and it comes out again, if you will, uh, through my own music. And since I've got wide taste in music, I don't really belong to genres in that sense. That I only listen to this type of music and not that. I listen to all kinds of music. The only limitations I have are uh, my own taste. For instance, I'm not big on hip-hop, so you won't have me rapping anytime soon. I'm not big on uh, reggae music, so I won't be doing like the backbeat uh, guitar playing anytime soon, probably. Uh, I'm not a techno guy, and you, you won't hear any techno in the future. But I love rock and roll music and everything surrounding that. I love jazz, uh, pop music, death uh, metal, and everything surrounding there. You know, like combined, there's a lot of influences inside. You know, a lot of stuff that people probably wouldn't believe. Like, if I could pinpoint a specific riff, if somebody asked me, why did you write that riff? Uh, some of the answers that they would get, they would surprise them. Like, for instance, we've done a record called 
still alive, which was our fourth album. And we the the, the record that we played throughout that entire recording was the one that they made a you know, and that's a pretty heavy record. So that's what happened. You know, I listen to soft music uh, and the music that I write in turn, it's not necessarily going to be pop. It might be really heavy. But it's really difficult to, for me to say that, you know, all the heavy parts come from heavy metal music because they they don't really, you know, like it, it can come from anywhere. Awesome. I'm glad you mentioned Still Life as we uh, wind this interview down. 20 years of Still Life coming this October, and I, I think another anniversary uh, for Orchid is coming up next year. So I know you've done, you're right in the thick of this brand new record. That's very new and awesome. Uh, and you've done a lot of nostalgic things. I love the book. The Red Rocks performance set list was very comprehensive. Any plans maybe in the future to do anything to honor those two anniversaries? I'm sure there's plans for whatever universe. I don't keep track of them myself, to be honest, but somebody in our, in our, our manager is like, he did call me up today. Oh, it's time for another anniversary. We have the Still Life record or Blackboard Park or something like that. And I'm like, oh, it's really, it's at all. It's time for anniversary. And I mean, it's a business model these days. It kind of celebrates the rest of my own on tour playing the whole thing, which I don't dislike and like. It feels uh, a bit like cheating to me uh, to go out and try a record like 20, 20 years old in its entirety. But the other side of me thinks it's fun. And it's lovely to see the reaction of the fans when you play one of them older records. We've done that. We played like those records. Whole album, we played a whole blackboard park, the whole damnation, uh, etc. Uh, and the crowd reactions are fantastic every time. It's like, wow, they love it. I mean, we sell out big venues like we couldn't be able to play maybe on the normal tour in a small city that we might not even be able to miss it on a normal tour, so to speak. So it's a business model that I both uh, like and dislike. So I'm sure there's plans. I don't come up with them, so I'm perfectly content sitting at home. <laughs> very well, very well. Michael Ackerfeld of Opeth, what a pleasure and an honor to talk about your art and your music with you, sir. Thank you for hanging out with the Ghost Club podcast. Likewise. I really appreciate it. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.